Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the, to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross. Yes! Caught! Touchdown! They did it! Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Full Court Press. Jason Walker with you here. No Eric Franson, though. He is off again on just more escapades. Apparently, he has better things to do on Thursdays and Fridays lately uh, than be on the show. But usually, he's he's been prioritizing his family and different events uh, that he's involved in with his family. So we'll, we'll give him a pass on continuously... Uh, Leaving me stranded, I guess. But we, you actually will hear Eric Franson's voice on this show quite a bit, despite him not being here. We pre-recorded a couple of different segments. Uh, so you will hear his voice in the first and second hour. Actually, shortly, we're pretty much going to lead with one of those segments we recorded, uh, where we talked with uh, Devin Dixon, who's obviously you know, a big part of Region 10 uh, football and other, other sports. Uh, he's a friend of the show, does radio uh, play-by-play for Region 10 games, among many other things. So we had him on to record a segment uh, previewing this week's Region uh, well, Region 10 versus Region 11 uh, football playoff semifinal games. Ridgeline facing off against Crimson Cliffs, and then Mountain Crest taking on Desert Hills. Those games will be taking place on Saturday. And so we'll preview those uh, in just a moment here. I'll be, I'll be playing that clip. But just to give you a little bit of what's going on in the show, obviously we've got the high school previews. We're going to talk Utah State predictions. That's where you'll again hear Eric Franson's voice as we pre-recorded our own predictions and score predictions. Uh, if you have score predictions for the Utah State-New Mexico game, feel free to text in uh, 435-339-0321. Uh, feel free to text those score predictions in. Me and Eric will have ours later on this show. Uh, Eric may have tweeted his, usually sends out a tweet asking for score predictions. I haven't checked if he's done that yet. If he has done that, I'm going to go check and we can read some of those off. So if you tweeted yours at Eric, it can certainly well make its way onto this show. Um, recap Jazz against the Mavericks. The Jazz fell to the Mavericks, kind of gave up a late lead or at least a third-quarter lead to the Mavericks, ended up losing that one. There's also just more drama in the NBA. Things are getting wild. We're like seven, eight games into the season, and things are already going to crap. Um, also, later in the show, uh, I'm currently holding in my hands a pair of tickets. Uh, two tickets to go see Utah State uh, Utah State play New Mexico this Saturday, 1.30 kickoff. So we'll be giving away these two tickets, or I'll be giving away, it's just me, giving away two tickets to the Utah State game this Saturday. Uh, we'll have a trivia question 
you can answer by calling into the show. Uh, I'll remind you the number, but I'll tell you now. At least I think I have the numbers sitting around here. I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you in a second. I don't have the sticky note that has the station number on. But you can call into the show later on when I give the trivia question. You can potentially win two tickets. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and start with this clip where me and Eric talked to friend of the show, Devin Dixon, regarding the 4A playoff games, uh, 4A football playoff games that will be taking place this weekend. Region 10 versus Region 11 in the 4A football playoffs, and this kind of is how it goes for a lot of playoffs, not just for football but in a lot of sports, and uh, certainly going to be the case Saturday when it's going to be Crimson Cliffs versus Ridgeline and then Desert Hills versus Mountain Crest in the semifinals down at Southern Utah University. And we want to reach out to our good friend Devin Dixon. He's been a friend of the program. He hosts The Drive on the fan in uh, southern Utah there in St. George. And Devin, definitely well-connected with what's going on with high school sports in southern Utah. Devin, thanks for your time today, helping us understand a little bit more about who these Region 11 teams are going to be facing on Saturday. Yeah, my pleasure, guys. I'm excited to be on with you and Jason and talk some high school football. The season flies by, and here we go, semifinals, and two incredible matchups, right? The bracket didn't really go chalk, so we've got – you know, the one and two seeds still alive, but then obviously Ridgeline, the four seed, and then the six seed, maybe the surprise of the 4A playoffs so far, Mountain Crest. So two great games. Excited to break them down with you guys. So let's start with the first game, which will tip off, uh, well, kick off. I'm thinking basketball already. Kick off at 4 o'clock at Southern Utah University. Number one, Crimson Cliffs. Number four, Ridgeline. Uh, this uh, number one, Crimson Cliffs, I mean, they've been – at the top of the 4A standings, a solid season for them. Uh, five and one in region play, nine and two overall. Um, one of the the highest scoring teams uh, in 4A. What what can you tell us about Crimson Cliffs? Well, I mean, going into the season, I knew they were going to be really good. They actually did a little uh, a fall camp with Desert Hills and with Dixie High School, and went against each other. You know, in fall camp before the season started in the summer. And a lot of people were talking about how they just reloaded. They had to replace all 11 starters on defense. And, boy, Coach Wayne Alofapo, who comes from the Coach Blaine Munker's coaching tree, has done an incredible job. I mean, they move, they move a couple players from the offensive side of the ball to the defensive side of the ball. They've overcome injuries. They're really deep and really young on that side of the ball. But you're right, their offense is what kind of jumps off the page. They scrapped their playbook last year in the offseason and went to a brand-new playbook, and it really was tailored around Steel Barbin, their junior quarterback, and they wanted to showcase his skill set and had a lot of weapons to do it. Maybe the biggest thing was they got Jordan Eaton, their big, tall, tight end slash receiver, to come back out for football. He'd been a basketball guy only the last couple seasons. Senior season, they convinced him to come back and join the team. And he's just added to the depth at that wide receiver room. And this is a very potent offense. I mean, uh, just a couple weeks ago against Cedar in the regular season finale, still Barbin threw five touch, uh, seven touchdowns. You know, five touchdowns is about his average per game. I mean, he's just lighting up the scoreboard. He's got a great pocket presence. Uh, he's very hard to sack. I mean, this is a really complete football team, guys. And and that's kind of what Ridgeline is. From from what I've seen, they're so well coached. Their offensive coordinator, I would put downright genius. Like, I love his play calling. So this one... 
you know, I, I could see a shootout maybe in the making if both these offenses are clicking. I know Ridgeline's got a freshman quarterback, but, boy, he don't look like a freshman. So I'm expecting the defenses to play well, but I'm expecting the offenses to play even better in this game. So with Crimson Cliffs, like they're, you know, the season, they basically don't really have a blemish, you know, that they lost to a 5A team in Timfew. But then I guess the only thing they could count as a blemish is going up against Dixie. Uh, yeah. 24-19 loss, like it just kind of stands out where they have these other games where they're scoring 40 points, 40 wins, 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 and then you have a 24-19 loss to Dixie. I guess just, I kind of explained like what, what happened with that game. Yeah, I mean, it was just one of those games where, you know, a couple mistakes and crunch time, and Dixie probably played their best game of the season. And, you know, it's football, right? I mean, these are high school kids. You know, you don't know if they were, you know, just not on it, not dialed in that night. There was just some mistakes. I was not actually on assignment on that game, so I probably don't have as much detail as you're probably looking for on that game. I talked to Coach Blaine Munkers, though, after the game on my show, and he was just like, we put it all together. We finally we finally put four quarters together, and that's what it takes to beat Crimson Clips is you got to play a complete football game, and they did that night and you know it's it's probably the case in region 11 just like it is in region 10 i mean it's tough to go undefeated i mean you have to bring it every night or somebody can jump up and grab you and that's what happened as for the tent view game they actually played really good in that game tent views on a collision course with lehigh in the 5a i expect them to meet in the state championship game i mean that dual quarterback and it's kind of an interesting phenomenon two years ago they almost beat tent view tent view had to drive down the field and beat them on a last second play this year though with those two quarterbacks, you know, it's Andy Stokes versus Wayne Alafapo. They coached together at Dixie High School. They played semi-pro football together down here in St. George. That's just a fun fun matchup between two good buddies that are just best of friends off the field. But Tempview's just clearly superior. But, yeah, that Dixie game does kind of stand out. But I think this is going to be their, their toughest game to date. I mean, I've been very impressed with Ridgeline in that championship run last year. Uh, again, I'm so well coached, just reloading this year. And, you know, when you have a winning culture and a winning tradition like Coach Wayne is doing with the new school, um, it wasn't too long ago Ridgeline was the newest school in 4A. Now it's Crimson Cliffs. So, you know, there's a lot of excitement. They're building a culture, and they fast-tracked the success. It's kind of fun to see these two programs meet on Saturday afternoon. I guess one of the big questions coming into a matchup like this is after so much football being played, is the team healthy? Are there any notable injuries or absences that you know about? Well, they got they got those guys back last week in Cedar. The last game of the season, Scott Nyson, who through the first six games of the season as a defensive tackle, defensive end, had nine sacks, and then then they, they lost him for three, four games, and he returned. So that's huge for the defense to get Scott back. I mean, big, tall, rangy, strong kid, football family. And then Jordan Eaton actually missed the, the regular season finale, and then they gave him the bye week off, really got him uh, rested up. So he's fully healthy now. So they're as healthy as they've been all season, minus some normal bumps and bruises and nagging injuries that everybody has at this point in the season. So, yeah, I mean, full go from Crimson's side as far as I, far, far as I know. So I know this may have been a better question to ask at the beginning of the playoffs, but I feel like it can kind of still apply. Um, and bear with me, it's a bit of a long one. But like with Region 11, it's felt like this has been kind of a weaker um, you know, season for them. Maybe it's just the fact they don't have another you know, 12-0, 13-0 obvious powerhouse team where they've kind of beat up on each other. So it feels like Region 11 has been a, a tad on the weaker side. I mean, Ridgeline in the top seed didn't even win the region. But like, how has Region 10 done this season in terms of having – you know, good teams in, in parity in terms. Maybe that can tell us a little bit about, you know, 
how good, you know, Crimson Cliffs and Desert Hills are, you know, the top two seeds from Region 10. Yeah, it's an interesting debate. I mean, the RPI, I thought Skyview was underseeded. I mean, how do you win your region championship and you're a seven seed? That baffled me. I didn't understand that. And then you have to remember the RPI counts a preseason game against the team just as much as it does against the rival team in region, which I don't love, but it's the case. And so every game matters. The hard part for these coaches is how do you schedule the preseason? I mean, if you go schedule good teams and you beat good teams and they go on to win a lot of games – you know, it takes care of itself, but you don't know year to year who's going to be good and who's going to be bad. I look at Green Canyon. I thought Green Canyon was going to be a lot better this year, and they struggled this year. So, I mean, tough out against Snow Canyon, played hard, had some trick plays, but that's a team that, uh, you know, a lot of people had pegged as the top team up there, and they had a disappointing regular season with all the injuries. I mean, just injury after injury, and you can't predict that as a coach when you're scheduling games. So, you know, we, we knew going into the season that Snow Canyon, Dixie, Crimson, and Desert Hills were going to be the top four teams, and, and they clearly were. You know, Cedar had a lot of, of guys that we thought maybe they could get hot at the end of the season and just really couldn't sustain coordinator Sam Elliott, who was on staff with Southern Utah University and the T-Birds, I thought that was going to be something that might help them, you know, get into that top tier of Region 10 teams, but um, you know, had a couple wins this year, obviously beat Logan 7 up in the playoffs, but but just didn't have enough overall talent to get to the semifinals, and so, you know, I thought that Region 11 was underseeded a little bit when the bracket came out, and I thought Region 10 was overseeded a little bit. So, you know, and you, you kind of see that. You know, you got a six seed and a four seed and a one and a two. So, cl- clearly the top two teams, they kind of nailed, but uh, maybe a little little bit of a misseed there with Skyview, Dixie, Mountain Crest, Ridgeline, Snow Canyon. I, I really think it came down to the 4-5 because – I didn't have a problem with Snow Canyon being the five and Ridgeline the four because they beat them head-to-head week three of the season, 24-8. to eight. So, you know, overall, I thought the 4A baseball tournament, the RPI worked. I thought basketball last year, it worked. You know, two out of the last three years in football, I've had some question marks. You know, last year I thought it was pretty good. The first year, though, I, I had some objections to it. But, look, we're stuck with the RPI. I wish they would just go north versus south if they're not going to realign and add more teams to 4A, and I'm hearing they could. I just wish they'd take the top four teams from Region 10, top four teams from Region 11, one versus four, and, and cross over and then and let it play out. But um, I'm not the one calling the shots, guys. So maybe you guys can get that done with all your <laughs> pull with the UHSAA uh, up there in Cash Valley. Yeah, we, we've had our own complaints as well. Uh, again, we're talking to Devin Dixon, host of The Drive on The Fan in Southern Utah. And uh, let, let's shift to talking about Desert Hills. This is a team that you know, we talked about the offense from Crimson Cliffs, but actually Desert Hills the highest-scoring team overall in 4A, and uh, the number two seed, uh, even though they were number three in uh, Region 10. Uh, so uh, talk about seeding and everything like that. But this Desert Hills team, high-potent offense. Uh, what do you see out of this Desert Hills Thunder and the challenges they may pose for the Mountain Crest Mustangs? Yeah, look, I mean, there's some great storylines for Crimson, and there's even greater storylines. Rick Barry, another... Uh, disciple of Coach Blaine Munkers. I mean, Rick Barry played at Rick's College back in the day. He was on staff at a number of places, including uh, formerly Dixie State University. But he won a state championship with with Coach Blaine Munkers at Dixie High not that long ago. And look, I mean, Coach Barry's old school. He's old fashioned, but but he's modern. The fact that he adapts to change. I mean, the big the big thing was in the seating. I'll start with that real quick. Is they beat Brighton and then they beat. Um, Cedar Valley, and both of those teams went on to have really good years, and so even though they were third and region, like you said, those preseason wins helped them get the two seed, and they actually, I think, had a pretty 
pretty easy path. I mean, this has been a, a cruise control path, and now they look at a six seat. I mean, they're not overlooking Skyview. They're not overlooking them whatsoever. They're not overlooking Mountain Crest at all. But, you know, they, did, they didn't have to go through, you know, uh, Ridgeliner. Path. So I thought the bracket draw was good for Desert Hills. You know, Noah Fuatololo, their senior quarterback, tore his ACL in the second half of the Brighton game. Didn't come back with a big old carbon fiber brace on his knee until the game against Dixie High School, and he went bonkers. But then the very next week, he had a huge setback, threw a couple picks, and Snow Canyon beat them. But this kid is playing on torn ACL. He's already got uh, surgery scheduled for after the state championship game. Um, I think it's like November 15th or 16th. He's already got that doctor appointment. So this kid's toughing it out. He's got two really good, three really good running backs. I mean, and they all bring a different dimension. Titan Morris is the bulldozer. Kona Crowell is kind of the third down back, but he's quick. And then Zach Ford is 5'5", and just like the fastest forward on the field. He flies around. He's shifty. He's hard to find. He's hard to you get to because he's got quickness and top-end speed, even though he's a little frame. But then the big thing for, for Desert Hills is their offensive line, led by sophomore Stu Talfa. I mean, this kid's already got offers from SUU and Baylor University and Cyrus Polu. Um, this is kind of their Swiss Army knife. I mean, he catches touchdowns. They can run it to him. He does punts. He does kickoff returns. He plays defensive end. He's only a sophomore. He's already got an offer from BYU on the table. So they've got some next-level kids. Um, and the receiver core is really deep. So, yeah, they can score it with the best of them. Uh, defensively, um, you know, they've moved Taven Mortensen from safety over to cornerback, Hunter Clark on the other side. That kind of solidified that. Uh, they've actually brought Cummings to safety, and then they use Lincoln Holmes at safety. they got three or four guys playing both ways right now. In the game last week against Skyview, they played Stu Talpa both ways. Uh, they, they started him at D-tackle, and then he played left tackle on offense. So, I mean, Rick Barry, you know, has given those guys some reps a little bit here and there in the regular season, but now he's got a lot of guys going both ways, putting the best team he can on the field. Mountain Crest, if it gets in a shootout, I have my concerns. I mean, they had some big plays against Dixie, that 85-yarder to win the game, but if it's a shootout, certainly advantage Desert Hills historically. Mountain Crest, a good defensive team, so we'll see if they can slow down this high-octane offense of Desert Hills. Should be a fun one, guys. I mean, both these matchups look incredible on paper. Yeah, it's kind of on the subject of, you know, Mountain Crest. I feel like there's at least a chance maybe they can slow down Desert Hills, but their offense, I feel like, will be key. I think maybe the biggest matchup will be Mountain Crest offense versus Desert Hills defense because, you know, if Desert Hills, like, only scores, like, 28, 30 points, uh, but their defense holds Mountain Crest to 10 or 14, you know, it doesn't matter if they don't put up 50 points. Like, do you feel like Desert Hills has a good enough defense to slow down Mountain Crest and just keep this, you know, game at arm's length? Yeah, I mean, I, I think they do when they put it all together. I mean, the big key for them is when they play as a team and play for each other, they're, 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 they might be the best team left out of the four. But, um, you know, sometimes, you know, a blown assignment, maybe a guy trying to make a, an all-star play and he, he blows his assignment and, and you get beat over the top. Or offensively, maybe you take a playoff as a wide receiver instead of blocking downfield or – uh, you know, maybe Noah, you know, tries to throw a touchdown when he when he had a run play called the audibles to a pass play and ends up in an interception. That's what happened last week, Skyview, and that's kind of what sparked Skyview hanging around and making that game at least interesting. So, you know, this, this team, if they play together and they play for each other, they they, they could be unstoppable. But 
Um, you know, you, you make a few mistakes, you get beat on some big plays, which Mountain Crest showed against Dixie they're capable of making, then, then this one could come down uh, to that side of the ball, as, as you said. So, we, we, you know, every, every game writes its own story, has its own script, um, but you're certainly right. It could very well come down to that type of a game where um, if Mountain Crest, you know, defensively can slow down that offense and, and find ways to score against Desert Hill's defense, you know, I think getting pressure on Mountain Crest quarterback is going to be paramount for, for Desert Hills. I mean, Rick Barry's the head coach, but he's also the defensive coordinator. So he'll pick his moments where he wants to turn the guys loose, and he'll bring a five and a six-man rush at times. But he's very content to sit back and play, um, you know, cover one, cover two, cover four. He'll play some man press over the top. Like, he'll do a lot of different variations that, that make them successful, and they're hard to scheme against because they do have the talent on both sides of the ball. They've got playmakers, and like I said, Three or four of these stars are going both ways. Guys like Stu Talfa, Cyrus Polu, Taven Mortensen, Lincoln Holmes, uh, Javian Cummings. Like these are two-way guys. So they're, you know, four-A football is not six-A football. You still got you still got to fill the gaps and you put your best athletes out there. And this is a pretty complete team, even though they had some slip-ups during the regular season. This is a team capable of winning it all right now. Okay, last question for me, Devin, is that uh, the semifinals we know are at Southern Utah University Saturday. First game at 4, second game at 7, but we don't know where the championship's going to be held next week. Uh, what are what are you hearing about how that might play out? Yeah, good question. Um, you know, we're going to be providing the statewide streaming coverage. Uh, I'll be doing the play-by-play on both games from SUU, and I was talking to a couple people that are in contact with the with the folks at the UHSAA, and and it sounds like it's going to be at Rice-Eccles if it's north versus south. So, you know, if if Ridgeline wins and Desert Hills wins and it's Region 10 versus Region 11, that game will be the following Friday at Rice-Eccles Stadium. If if it happens to be two Region 11 teams, I I don't know if they'll leave it at Rice-Eccles. not that far to drive. It's such a treat to go play. A lot of these high school kids might be the only opportunity ever to play in a college stadium like Rice-Eccles Stadium. I am hearing, though, just from from my sources, that if it happens to be Crimson versus Desert Hills, then they probably will move that game down here to Southern Utah because it is a long drive for fans, and they'll get a bigger gate. And um, you know, I don't know if it'll be at SUU or, or Utah Tech. Not sure on that, but um, we'll just have to see. I don't think any final decisions made. Just probably contingency plans for for both. Uh, so we'll just have to wait and see who wins on Saturday. But I think everything's on the table, and there's a lot of options that they could they could go with, and probably won't know that until. You know, next Monday morning, I would I would guesstimate we'll get a final word on that based on how those games play out on Saturday night. Well, Devin, thanks so much for your time. Uh, we look forward to hearing you on the broadcast. We're going to carry those here up uh, in our neck of the woods, hearing your play-by-play on our family of radio stations. So best of luck on your broadcasts, and uh, we'll see how this plays out. I think these will be some pretty fun matchups in the semifinals for 4A football. No, I hope so. I'm just, you know, as a broadcaster, you always want – you know, close games. We'll, we'll do our best to highlight the guys and the kids and the coaches from Cash Valley and, and, and give the fans uh, hopefully a quality broadcast. We're excited to do the games. And, guys, my pleasure. Love being on the show. Anytime you guys want to talk to my school football, you let me know, and I'm happy to jump on with you. Keep up the good work up there. Devin Dixon with The Drive on The Fan in Southern Utah. Thanks, Devin. All right, you got it, guys. That was Devin Dixon. Again, from uh, down south. We're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll get into uh, just a little bit more of the, uh, the drama 
of the NBA and just everything going on there. So quick break. We'll be back after this on 106.9 The Fan. This is Dustin with Valvolinus and Oil Change in Logan. Whatever you do, don't forget to change the oil in your car. My team at Valvoline Instant Oil Change will get you in and out quickly. Stay in your car and relax, all while your car is being serviced by trained professionals. Valvoline Instant Oil Change, 695 North Main and Logan, across from Angie's. Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Service you can see. Experts you can trust. Crystal Vision, the two-time gold medal winner in Best of Northern Utah, just got back from a Las Vegas buying show. They were able to see and buy the newest eyeglass frames, styles, and trends for 2023. Stop in today and check out what's new in the eyeglass frame world. Remember to take in your current prescription and let Crystal Vision fit you into a new look. Nobody has the style and fashion to choose from like Crystal Vision on 14th North or online at crystalvision.com. It's that first kiss, that moment in time. This is Jarek from Jarek's Fine Jewelry. Everyone knows us as an engagement ring store, but not everyone knows about everything else we do. Custom design, our in-house laser jewelry repair. We offer fashion jewelry, charm bracelets, necklaces, earrings, birthstone jewelry, watches. We love people to just look and make a wish list. Stop in and say hi. Jarek's Fine Jewelry. Make it special. Make it Jarek's. Advanced Heating and AC, the two-time gold medal winner in Best of Northern Utah. They're teaming up with Carrier Heating and Cooling. Carrier provides you the best furnace units available. And now is the best time to buy a new unit before the weather turns cash valley cold. Financing options are available. Turn to the experts at Advanced Heating and Carrier. Advanced Heating and Air Conditioning, 752-7272. Or stop by their showroom west of DI. And online at advancedheating-ac.com. We're not comfortable until you are Advanced Heating and Air. I'm Nate Crackman. This week in the Mountain West, Fresno State and San Jose State battling it out for dominance in the West. While the Mountain Division coming down to Boise State and Wyoming, we talked to Cowboys head coach Greg Bull about his team's dominant run game over the last couple weeks and what they have to do to keep pace with the Broncos in conference. It's all this week on the Mountain West Radio Network. Friday afternoon during the full court press on Sports Talk Radio 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The Young Automotive Group is proud to announce Young Truck and Trailer Center in Cache Valley. Whether it's heavy equipment trailers, horse trailers, race car trailers, or cargo and utility trailers, we're excited to offer some of the finest trailers and flatbed work trucks to Cache Valley. Our team of experts look forward to helping you find the right truck or trailer to fit your needs. With competitive prices offered on every make and model for sale on our lot. With our extensive inventory, you'll find the best deals right here in Cache Valley. Young Truck and Trailer Center, just off Highway 89 in Logan. Think young, drive young. This is Nate Lamson with Valley Office Systems, your home team when local matters. Valley Office Systems is your local provider for all things office, copiers, printers, furniture, and document management. Proudly serving Cache Valley since 2007. Visit valleyofficesystems.com. The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, The Fan. Cold weather is here. It is upon us. It's starting to get cold. It's starting to get wet. 
going to be that way on Saturday for the game. Uh, so it's more important than ever to keep your car in tip-top shape. You get your oil changed at Valvoline Instant Oil Change. It's across from Andrews, Main Street, and Logan. So, speaking of Utah State playing on Saturday, or the, the weather on Saturday, later this show we're going to give away two tickets to the Utah State versus New Mexico football game. I have a trivia question. We'll be giving that, uh, giving that out later. You can call into the show when I give that out. Number is 435-752-1069, but more on that later. Uh, I want to get to a couple of texts that uh, came in during that first segment where we were playing uh, the uh, interview that me and Eric had with Devin Dixon. Um, first one that came in, 2305. He says, have been touch have been out of touch with Aggie Athletics. Uh, what happened with the director of athletics resignation? Is there anything to that? Why would he leave at this time? Please fill me in if you can. Yeah, so if if uh, you missed the news last few days, uh, John Hartwell, athle- athletic director, vice president of Utah State, uh, resigned his position. Uh, and, it, and Utah State, I believe, in one of their statements, actually finally specified that John Hartwell resigned. So that seems to be the official line is wasn't fired, it just seems to be resigned. Now, whether he was, he was pushed into resigning, that's certainly something for conspiracy theories, you know, if there's something behind the scenes. Um, the official statements from at least John Hartwell are that he just wants to move down back south. Um, he was probably putting all his eggs in the getting the Auburn athletic director basket. Um, he, he was in line for that job. He was one of the favorites to become the next athletic director of Auburn. Didn't get the job, and seems like he was probably just, you know, again, putting everything in that, was probably already making plans to move south. It's entirely possible he's already purchased, um, you know, maybe purchased land or, or real estate where he's moving. He may have already, you know, dotted some I's and crossed some T's in that regard. Obviously, that's, that's speculation on my part. Um, and, you know, with all that in motion... Maybe there's nothing he'd do to stop and just decided to quit and uh, is now moving to Arkansas. Um, he's going to be near uh, his wife's parents, who he, he said he wants to be near as his wife's parents are, are, are aging, so he wants to be near them, him and John Hartwell and his wife. So uh, Jerry Bovey, uh, the deputy athletic director, has been named the interim AD for the school. That was not terribly surprising, but that news came out yesterday. And they're going to be doing a national search. And so they'll figure out exactly what they're doing uh, in the next little while. We don't know what kind of timeline there is. In the statements Utah State put out, they were you know, specifically saying there was no timeline. So uh, we'll, we'll see how long it takes for them to find a new athletic director. I know Jerry Bovey seems to be the favorite among, you know, Aggie fans. He's pretty popular. You know, we've seen what he was able to do at Weber State, where he was the athletic director for ten years, and he, he's also an Aggie alum. He got his bachelor's degree at Utah State. He went and got his uh, doctor, or excuse me, master's. Uh, he doesn't have a doctorate, but he got his master's at Weber State, which is part of why he ended up there. Uh, although he's spent time, he began his career in uh, some. 
director of like marketing and promotions, some some of that effect. And then he went to the UHSAA, um, and I forget his job title there. Um, then he was. I can't remember if he went straight to the athletic director from the UHSA. I think he might have taken on a lower-level position at, at Weber State and then was hired as athletic director, if I remember correctly. I put it all in an article on catchvalleydaily.com when they uh, announced uh, Jerry Bovey's interim. I wrote an article and put a bunch of these details in there, if you're curious. So that's kind of what's going on. There's also another news story that came out today about John Hartwell. Uh, the Salt Lake Tribune has been putting in records requests, finding things, doing some digging, and John Hartwell actually reached out to them in regards to something that actually happened back in like 2019 and basically issued an apology over something that happened like two or three years ago. Uh, basically where he said a crude joke, he was caught on video saying this crude joke and... He's now apologizing for it, I think, a second time. He might have apologized for it back then. But basically some old stuff resurfacing. Um, Another text coming in from 9315. This is also during that first segment. Uh, Mentioned that uh, Eric Franson is uh, heading down to St. George. He may still be on his way to St. George. He left around 11 o'clock or so, and he's making his merry way down to southern Utah. So uh, 9 through 5 says, I think I'll call him Eric Ajay Salvinson due to all the time off work. Which, yeah, I know Eric's been taking a lot of days off lately, which, you know, he had to do this show solo for a while. So I'm certainly not getting on in his case, and I'm certainly not mad. I'm coming to work. I had a stretch in June, July where I was first on vacation you know, like a week and a half. And then I was sick for like an entire week. So for like two, close to three weeks, I was basically out of commission. And Eric had to again do the show solo for a while after having a brief, you know, uh, reprieve from having to do the show by himself. We press on. And we press on with news from the NBA. We brought this up, I believe yesterday, the days mixed together. Uh, Josh Primo, former, I think, like 13, 14th overall pick, maybe 15th, something in the middle first round, uh, picked by the Spurs, who's been spending his uh, fairly young career. He was like 18 year old, years old coming out of uh, Alabama, one of the youngest players um, of the one-and-done era. You know, the youngest player ever drafted was like Andrew Bynum by the Lakers. He was like 17 years old, fresh out of high school. But ever since they've had to come – you know, be one year out of high school, they're usually 18, 19 years old. But I think Josh Primo was actually still 18, just barely. And he'd played at Alabama, I believe. So he came out, was a bit of a reach. Most people had him in the late first round, uh, but he was he was drafted in the middle of the first round. And the Spurs were certainly, uh, you know, willing to try and develop him. They still were. He hadn't really broken out, but he was doing all right. Uh, But Primo was released earlier this week. There were allegations that he uh, exposed himself or other certain parts of his uh, body to to a woman. Uh, More details have come out about that. And it's it's becoming a mess. Because uh, the woman who's been identified 
Dr. Hillary uh, Cowthen, I think is, is how you say it. C-A-U-T-H-E-N. Cowthen is how I'm going to say this. If I'm saying it wrong, then my apologies. My pronunciation is not always on point. But he alleged that Primo exposed himself nine times to her on different occasions. And from what I've read, uh, this doctor is, was like the sports psychologist for the Spurs. So on nine different occasions this happened, and she was reporting this behavior in like January of this year. And the Spurs apparently did nothing, ignored her. And now she's suing the Spurs. Of course, Josh Primo and uh, now his legal team, since he now, now has uh, hired legal counsel and all this, because he's being sued, uh, his lawyer, in very strong terms, denied the allegations. Uh, he says that uh, this doctor is playing to ugly stereotypes and racially charged fears for her own financial benefit. That's the, that's the quote there. So just a whole mess of things going on. And when these things comes out, I think I, I almost got caught out overreacting once again because I don't know, I didn't, I didn't react a ton. I didn't say anything on Twitter about it. Basically, you know, Primo is denying that this happened. His lawyer saying that, you know, he never intentionally did anything. And, but it's just a mess now. Because it's now turned into a he said, she said. And, you know, they're putting, you know, Primo and his legal team are putting out the statements of, we look forward to, you know, the truth coming out. The, the statement that always gets thrown around. And so it's just becoming an absolute mess here. You know, and, and the Spurs, unfortunate because if what's in the lawsuit from this doctor is, is true, it hits hard for the Spurs because Greg Popovich has been very outspoken on social issues. And for his sake, I hope that there's that he was either not involved or that these allegations are his are uh, false. Because then it makes him look like a hypocrite. Because if he was part of this, knew it was happening, and maybe he didn't, you know, being the head coach and, and being more on the player side of things, maybe he wouldn't have been part of, you know, the, the HR process of the reporting of stuff like this. Although you'd think he would have heard about it with how important he is to the, to the franchise. You'd think he'd know about it. Because if he knew about it, and if he was ignoring it, it turns him into a hypocrite. For all the things he said, and for all the, the stuff he's trying to do activism-wise, where he's trying to use his platform to make the world a better place, you know, based on how he sees the world, agree with him or not, he's trying to use the platform that's been given to him by his coaching talents to try and make the world a better place. But in this case, and this is why this is such an absolute mess, because if, if the allegations are true from this doctor, then it, it doesn't look good. doesn't look for the Spurs, doesn't look good for Josh Primo, doesn't look good for the NBA. And the NBA is dealing with enough. They're already going through it. So they, they can hardly handle more scandal, which, now we're going to take another quick break. We're going to get into Kyrie Irving's mess that he's gotten himself into. More details there. And then we'll 
move on from that. I want to talk some actual Utah Jazz, some actual around the valley stuff. Uh, we'll get to the Utah Jazz with Utah State football uh, a little bit later. But th- th- this NBA stuff is just nuts. And I feel like I've got to talk about it. But again, we're going to get to a quick break and we'll get uh, to, to some Kyrie Irving stuff on the other side of this break on 1069 The Fan. When Evan McMullen backed Joe Biden for president, he voted for every single catastrophic policy Biden's gang of socialists and tyrants inflicted on struggling Utah families. 40 year high inflation crushing taxes, open borders, and lost freedoms. It was a bad call, but McMullen's got no regrets. We can't give Evan McMullen a second chance. We need Mike Lee now more than ever, our constant constitutional defender who never gives an inch to the forces who would destroy American freedom. The Biden-McMullen agenda drove Utahns' cost of living sky high, but Mike Lee has been a bulwark shielding us from Joe Biden's thoughtless leadership, standing strong against rampant spending, lawless borders, and creeping socialism, even when he's had to stand alone. I'm Mike Lee, and I approve this message because I love Utah. I love our country, and it's been my honor to serve as your senator. Mike Lee for Senate. Paid for by Friends of Mike Lee Incorporated. This is Jay with Daryl's Appliance. This Saturday is our 52nd annual fall sale, our biggest sale of the year. Get Black Friday pricing Saturday from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Plus, when you buy more, you save more, up to a $500 instant rebate on select purchases. Wait, there's more. Triple dip in savings with an additional Daryl's exclusive mail-in rebate. Save up to $800 more on select purchases. Save 30 to 50% on scratch and dent appliances. Financing available. Plus, you get our service backing every sale. Listen for a live radio broadcast Saturday from 10 to 1. Daryl's West on Airport Road. This is Ryan at My Mattress. We've teamed up with Ridgeline High School Booster Club to bring you the mattress warehouse sale of the year. November 11th and 12th at Ridgeline High School. My Mattress, Maloof, and Sarah Noni will have truckloads of mattresses, mattress protectors, sheets, pillows, accessories, Sarah Noni blankets, and more at blowout, rock-bottom prices. Plus, you'll save thousands on Sealy, Intellibed, and Tempur-Pedic. That's Friday, November 11th, 4 p.m. to 10 p.m., and Saturday the 12th, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Don't miss this chance for blowout pricing from My Mattress, Maloof, and Serenoni, November 11th and 12th at the Ridgeline High School Mattress Warehouse Cell. It's engagement season. Time to find the perfect ring. S.E. Needham Jewelers is known for beautifully cut diamonds at excellent prices. Guys, the sparkle is what matters most in the diamond you give your sweetheart. Our diamonds stand apart from those of other stores. Come view our diamonds under magnification. Select a diamond that fits your budget and then have it mounted in a ring that she'll love. Remember, you get S.C. Needham quality at internet pricing. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7, where Utah gets engaged. S.C. Needham Jewelers, middle of the block, at the sign of the clock. You've been putting up with a dirty, dusty wood stove for years. Why haven't you changed it? Go to Advanced Fireplace and Stove in Logan. Look through their showroom for ideas on quadrifier pellet and wood stoves and heat and glow gas fireplaces. They have several demos in place so you can see firsthand how your project will look. And you can trust the pros at Advanced Fireplace and Stove. They'll do the job right. Advanced Fireplace and Stove, 752-7272. Online at advancedfireplaceandstove.com. They never could play it, but they sure can talk about it. Eric Franson and Jason Walker on the Full Court Press. Full Court Press, Jason Walker with you here. 
Uh, we're missing Eric Franson. Unfortunately, he's made a trip down to St. George. Taking a lot of these trips lately. You guys should get on about that. Tweet him and, and kindly make fun of him for taking so many trips. Because apparently prioritizing your family and uh, is, I guess, more important to him than talking into a mic. <laughs> so... Speaking of talking to a mic, Kyrie Irving's had to do that a lot lately because he got himself into hot water. And, of course, being Kyrie Irving, he will never, ever admit some kind of wrongdoing. He'll always manage to somehow try and put together a word salad that'll somehow, in his mind, explain what he's doing and justify that he's never made a mistake. He's never said anything wrong. He's never promoted anything wrong. He's just out here doing his own thing. And it, it, it just is absolutely nuts. And you worry for a dude's mental health. Because um, he, he tweeted out something. I think it was some documentary. And supposedly it had some rather hateful things in it. And it got him in hot water. Because then there's all this stuff. Oh, is Kyrie Irving anti-Semitic? And the Nets, you know, because of all this, you know, Kyrie Irving's gotten this in back and forth. At first, he was denying promoting anti-Semitism by, you know, tweeting out a link to the documentary. And I think also tweeting out something involving Alex Jones. And he's basically denying anything. He says, oh, I didn't promote it. I didn't promote it. He tweeted it out. He promoted it. It's pretty obvious. But he, again, he's, he's in denial of doing anything wrong. Um, or doing anything even improper. And the Nets are in full PR damage control. They announced, uh, like, this morning or yesterday that the Nets and Kyrie Irving were both going to donate $500,000 each to anti-hate causes, which is nice. Something good came out of all this. And, of course, Irving... Today, again, still talking into a mic. You know, they had a little press availability for him. He only spoke for about six minutes. Which, I mean, to give you some perspective, usually the, you know, very calm, not at all controversial conversations that we usually have with Blake Anderson every Monday, uh, those press conferences, Blake Anderson usually speaks like 10 to 12 minutes, sometimes longer. I think there was one where he went for almost 20 minutes. And that was just talking about football. You know, it was, I think it was, I'm trying to remember which time it was where they, the whole thing went like half hour, 35 minutes. And Blake Anderson's section was like, you know, most of that. Because the player interviews usually aren't very long. But Anderson, yeah, it went for like 20 minutes. Just talking about football. There was nothing controversial that week. It wasn't the week after the fans had booed or anything like that. It was just talking football. It was probably before the Colorado State one. Or maybe even before Wyoming. It was either before Wyoming or Colorado State. Just talking. Kyrie Irving talked for six minutes because Nets PR cut him off. Or cut the interview off. And Irving came as close as he'll ever get to issuing an apology or you know, owning up to, to something he did. Uh, and also, when asked if he had anti-Semitic beliefs, he spoke for like 20 to 30 seconds. And at no point did he ever say no. Which feels like it would be the obvious answer. But he wants to 
carry on about his philosophies and how I can't be hateful because I know where I'm coming from and all these other things. And so it's gotten the NBA into a hot mess. And I don't want to get too political and I don't want to talk about too much about all this, all this stuff, but it just goes to show this, this NBA season is apparently on crack. Like, I thought last year was crazy with Ben Simmons and, you know, James Harden, and it's all these things where, you know, players are pouting and sitting out and forcing their way around places. The Lakers were collapsing, you know. But this year, teams have hardly played you know, eight or nine games. And we're already going bonkers. We have a lawsuit being filed against the team. We have a player who's being accused of being an anti-Semite and refusing to deny it. So that is just an entire mess of things going on in the NBA right now. That's including the fact that the Jazz are like a top five team in the NBA based on their record. Like the, the season is a mess before you even get to the on-court stuff. But we'll be getting to that in the next hour, talking about the Utah Jazz. Uh, you know, from last night, what happened last night, how it'll affect them in the future. Potential trades they may look to do if they're actually going to try and tank. We'll get to that in the next hour. Uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll close out this first hour. Move into the second hour. We've got Utah State football, Utah Jazz, and more. But first, a break here on 106.9 The Fan. Hey, you know what sounds amazing? What's that? Three-day weekends. Well, you know, Schreiber Foods will give you three-day weekends. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they're hiring forklift drivers. You work Monday through Thursday, 12-hour shifts. You get Friday, Saturday, and Sunday off. But I don't know how to drive forklift. That's okay. We do in-house training and certification. No way. Three-day weekends. Here I come. Schreiber Foods is expanding and offering increased wages, benefits, and yes to three-day weekends. Apply online at schreiberfoods.com. Equal opportunity employer. I think I can. I think I can. Do you feel like you're chugging up the inflation mountain? This is Zach with HSA Depot, and we can help. Did you know that you can save as much as 30% by using your pre-tax income to buy qualifying medical supplies? Health savings accounts can be used for more than just doctor visits and prescriptions. HSA Depot helps you conquer your inflation mountain and your health care by providing eligible products. Come to HSA Depot next to Sally Beauty and see how much you can save. HSA Depot, five-star review. You have to see it to believe it. The new Three Peaks Medical Plaza is Cache Valley's newest and most up-to-date medical facility. Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, the Allergy Clinic, and the Hearing Aid Center are now located in the Three Peaks Medical Plaza in North Logan. The entire staff and Drs. Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette look forward to helping you and your family at this state-of-the-art medical facility. Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat is now located in Providence and Three Peaks Medical Plaza, 2245 North 400 East in North Logan. Go to cachevalleyent.com for details. Most insurance products including select med are accepted you're first and goal at the 10 yard line with seconds left on the clock your running back is poised for the game-winning touchdown but before you can make the snap the opposing team just takes the ball and locks it in a safe and they won't give you the combination unless you pay them ten thousand dollars that's exactly how ransomware works and in 2021 two out of every three organizations fell victim to ransomware attacks protect your business with less olson security suite from less olson it learn more at lessolson.com hey aggie fans looking for the best burger in town Bring the family to Prodigy Brewing and try out our signature Prodigy Supreme Burger or a wood-fired pizza. Need a smaller plate for the kids? 
our kids' menu has you covered. Whether you are out with the family or just want to catch the Aggies game with friends, Prodigy Brewing is the place to be in Cache Valley, located at 25 West Center Street in beautiful downtown Logan. Clean it up and get it out before the snow flies. Don't wait another winter. Let DD Auto and Salvage pay you for that junk vehicle. DD Auto and Salvage makes it so easy and fast to get rid of your junker vehicles by paying you the most money possible. Pickup is available. If you have metal, DD Auto and Salvage and Logan wants to pay you today. Call 787 1204. That's 787 1204 today. See store for details. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Full Court Press, Jason Walker here with you. Uh, final segment of the show, we just got a couple, or not of the show, of the first hour. Oh, trust me, we still got an hour to talk here. Hour to talk some more Utah State football, some Utah jazz. Um, me and Eric, you recorded a segment for our predictions, our score predictions, um, and how we think the game's going to go. That'll be coming up top of next hour. We'll lead with that next hour. Uh, just what we think. So if you have any score predictions of your own, you can text them in at 435-339-0321. I just, who do you think is going to win? How's the score going to go? Could be a could be a potentially lopsided affair, but we'll see. Uh, if you want to go see this game, though, and if you don't already have tickets, I'm currently holding in my hand two tickets to Saturday's game between Utah State and New Mexico. And you can have them by answering a trivia question. And if you call in, now you can't use the text line. You have to call in at 435-752-1069. I'm going to go ahead and give you the trivia question right now. You can call in over the break, and I'll announce this again. And I can answer the phones either during this break or while the uh, pre-recorded segment is playing. Whoever can answer the question correctly first can have these two tickets that I'm holding. So here's the question. You're going to have to kind of wait until the break comes because I'm not going to be able to answer the phone until uh, for about another minute. So hopefully you're either willing to sit on the line for a minute or wait until the break. But the question is, and it's regarding New Mexico. Utah State and New Mexico have played, this will be their 29th meeting, so they've played 28 times before now. Utah State holds a 15-13 to 13 advantage. But here's the question. In what year did Utah State and New Mexico first play? What year did they first play? So 28 meetings in the past, Utah State and New Mexico played each other for the first time. What year did that occur in? So if you want to answer that question, you can call in to 435-752-752. 1069. You can claim these two tickets to watch Utah State and New Mexico play for the 29th time in this series. And ideally, Utah State will get that 16th victory and their uh, eighth win against New Mexico in the last 10 meetings. 
So we'll have more of that. If you want to call in in the uh, upcoming break, call in and claim these tickets, uh, and we'll get to more Utah State football next after this. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. The World Series has certainly been entertaining through the first four games, and after the Astros' dominant win last night, the series now ties.